This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. We could tell the Christmas season is here, right? Amen? We started trying to learn a song which I... We didn't have the words, and you guys didn't know if you were going to sing, look at the hymn book or not, so everybody was confused, but then uh, Oliver let us out, and it was a good song. We could learn that song this Christmas season, amen? But it's Christmas season, and it seems to me that a lot of people, the world turns their thoughts towards Christ, and yes, it has been clarified, he was not born during this time. Who knows, maybe during the springtime was the closest, but... Uh, the reality is that as Christians, we have an opportunity to, um, to, to just bank on this uh, desire that the world seems to have now to all of a sudden turn their attention towards Christ and what He means for the world. But as we approach this season and the end of the year coming up soon, I don't know if that happens to you, but every year I go through the same thing. I begin to make inventory of my life for that year. And every year, you know, you get to this point and the closer you get to the end of the year, the more, and to me, it's more of an introspective look of my life. It's not looking at anybody else's life, which is as easy to do. And I think we, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we, we said that we are comfortable in the level of Christianity that we have because we usually compare ourselves to those who don't really have a relationship with Christ. And so, it makes us feel good, right? Compare ourselves to the world. Oh, we're we better than the world, right? That's easy. That's comfortable. But no, it, it's something that I believe the Holy Spirit guides in my life, which is just, okay, begin to look and, 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 and analyze my life. Not even my children's life or my wife's life or anybody that I know's life, but my own life. And time and time again, I tell you, the Holy Spirit just convicts me that next year, I could do better. Amen? So I, I want to take a few moments here and maybe lead you into this introspective journey as we begin this season. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, it gets popular to be a Christian even more during this holiday season. Everyone, you know, the media and, 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 and the, the business world and everything bank on everybody, the Christmas gift and everybody. So it's popular to be a Christian. But... Last time we shared, the, the thought that we left with is, are we Christian enough? Are you, yeah, we follow Christ and we profess to know God. And, and again, forgive me, and I got to clarify this. This is, this is something, oh, by the way, I don't, I never get up here. And I know some of you have this mentality and, and I don't want to discuss theology of anything with you that, that when someone speaks here, you know, God, God has given you a word, and, and, and so you guys got to listen to it. And, and it's true, there's some journey, and, and there's a special message that God has for you. I, I believe that. But this is also a community experience, more than just, uh, because think about that. At the, the way we live our Christian life is, okay, we, we could go through the week, right? Not really paying attention to God, not really mindful, minding God, not really focusing on God. And so come to the end of the week, and then somebody's going to bring a word to God when it's not me as a guest speaker. And so somehow I get a chance to connect back. But through the week, you know, 
I could just depend on that person, on that sermon that will come, and then my blessing will come. Well, I got to tell you, that is not enough for your life. It's not enough for mine, for sure. It's not enough for us to go from week to week thinking that if I could only make it to Saturday, I get my blessing. The sad truth is that that's how we must of us go through the week. And so today, I, I want us to, yeah, take a hard look inside into our hearts. And perhaps as we wrap up this year, and as the world focuses their minds and hearts into this Christmas season, that we were focused, we allow the Holy Spirit to really lead us into a deep look at our hearts and our, commit, and our commitment to Christ. The question has been raised, can I go to heaven without truly loving and following Jesus? Now listen to me. Can we make it to heaven without truly loving and following Jesus Christ? Come with me to John, and then we'll get to the final. I know I, that text, as we read the text that we began, Malachi 1, uh, 8, I, I was like, oh, man, that's a tough text. <laughs> Even as, as uh, Luigi, Luigi was uh, reading that text, I'm listening to it. I'm like, wow, that's a tough text. But we'll get to that. First John chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, I want you to read with me. It says, and if you don't have it, just listen to me. We're going to go through it quickly, but this is important. By this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Now, when we think of the Seventh-day Adventists use this text and we think of the law, right? The Ten Commandments. But this John is not just referring to the law of God at the Ten Commandments. It's not just about the Sabbath day. It doesn't mean if, 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 if you know God, that means you go to church on Sabbath. Or if you know God, you don't take God's name in vain. No, he's saying that whatever it, the command is, whatever God leads you in your life to do, you're going to follow that no matter what because you know he's leading your life. This goes beyond just the letter of the word to the, to the, the, letter, the letter of the law to the spirit that is within the law, which means that we are willing to follow God's commands in your life, whatever he tells you to do. Do you see the difference? Because it's easy to just check mark and say, yes, I follow the Ten Commandments. Hey, I'm one of the ones who doesn't worship on Sunday. So we, yeah, that means it's me, right? Come with me to Matthew 16, 24. And I'm not going to dig into these verses too, too much. I'm just going to read a few that will prompt us to the next thought. Matthew, did I say Matthew 16? Verse 24 and 25, listen to this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he will what? Find it. And then quickly, Luke chapter 14, verse 33. And we're going to pause here for a second. So then... None of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. I don't know about you, but we have this notion, and as Christians, we think 
that and, and I hear it in prayer. It's just this last this week I was in a meeting and 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 one of the leaders pray and it's not well anyway in a meeting and 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 that, and that it's I'm trying not to give up myself but 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 the person prays and says if we Lord may we make you a part of our lives. I got to tell you this. Christ does not ask, and I don't know, if you read the Gospels, and, and, I, and I challenge you, go back this week and read all the Gospels, Matthew, or one of them, John, and Luke, and you realize that Christ demands from us is not part of our lives. He wants it all. And this verses that we read is one after the other in the New Testament, and it says, if you want to follow me, he says, no one that is not worthy who's willing to give everything he's got could be my disciple. I don't know what we picked up. Well, I think I do. Somehow through the church life and somehow through the knowledge of the scripture and making church familiarized and, and doing the things that we do day in and day out, being familiar with God, we get this notion that God is okay with whatever I could give him. Christ, and, and this is I read this week, Christ is a servant. But he's not a beggar. You understand that? And that's, that really, I'm telling you, this is something that I'm, I'm struggling with this myself. Because the reality is that this is the hard thing to do. To understand God's calling into our lives. Because everything else that we live, everything else in society, everything else out there, everything else that we experience in the world week in and week out, everything about our world points us away from this commitment. I mean, let's be honest. This is why, and Jesus said it time and time again, everything else that we do in life is trying to take us away. Even our own nature naturally drifts us away from this total commitment to Jesus Christ. It's just who we are. And so we need to be comfortable. We need to make ourselves feel better. And we begin to preach a gospel or even live out a gospel that we could just give Christ whatever we have, whatever we want, and not what he demands. Now, I got to clarify, I got to tell you, this is not, I'm not talking about perfection. Don't get me wrong, because there's people today using this kind of of reality in the Bible and, and they begin to preach perfection. That's not what I'm talking about. Because no one is going to be perfect until, you know, not of this side of heaven, only through Jesus Christ we are perfect. Amen? I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about a heart that is willing and obedient to surrender their lives completely to the point that we're moving towards Christ daily in our lives, in the things that we do, in the things that we about. I think one of the greatest challenges, and, and, and let me... And again, talking about those things that why it's so difficult for us. I think one of the, this is even more difficult here in our context, in our society, in North America, in the United States of America. Because it's been said and studies have been done that to really focus on Christ, to really make God uh, our center, or even to preach Christ and God in America is one of the hardest things to do as we compare to the third world countries, for example. Think about that. Studies have been done, and those who are lead the Christian church all through the world, they compare and realize that down in the developing countries, which, by the way, I grew up in one of them. Any, anybody else grew up in a developing country? Let me see your hand. All right, a few of you. Some of you don't have the blessing. 
<laughs> it's all right. I tell you why. That was a blessing for me to, to grow up in a country where I needed to depend on God sometimes for our next meal. Otherwise, it would not happen. And you say, Pastor, what, you? Listen, I, I remember back in the day, and, and hey, I don't care what you think of my dad, but this is stuff he used to do. And listen, he will go, my dad will go away for, for three months or something. He claimed he was working, right? I don't know what he was doing, but he was working. He was trying to bring back the food, and, and, and he had these jobs that would take him away. Um, and so he would leave my mom with basically no money. She had five kids. And then check this out. When he would leave some money, he would leave it in a book somewhere where my mom didn't know. <laughs> Is that cruel or what? I got issues with my dad. I'm still working through those. <laughs> you can tell. Please pray for me and my dad. But all of a sudden, my, my mom is reading devotion or something, and there it was, the money that my, that my God left. And, and we all been praying for God to send us something. That, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm telling you. Amen. But, but so I knew that feeling, and I know that sometimes it was, it was obvious. It was only God who made it happen. But we here in America, I mean, let's be honest, you and I do not depend on God in that way. We don't need to. Even if God was not part of our lives, you and I will be comfortable and we'll be fine. Hello? I'm trying to get rid of that hello, but <laughs> it just comes back. So the, the honest truth is that you and I here in America have this wealth and this blessing that, to be honest, is a disadvantage to us. To us. Let's say that, well... Think about this statistics. 53% of the world's population live on less than $2 a day. Less than $2 a day. And listen to me. If you make, make $4,000 a month, you're making 100 times more than the average person on this planet. The truth of the matter is, is that you and I are filthy rich. And you're thinking, What? But this wealth gives us a disadvantage because we go about lives and we just go to the routine and we think, hey, I'm okay. Everybody's okay. I don't need to depend on God like that way, right? Like, oh, God, what is my next meal going to come from? Lord, I need you. I need to pay my rent. And maybe some of you are going through that. And praise God for that, amen? Because you know what is to depend on God. And maybe this is why when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, Luke chapter 18, remember that story? He comes to Jesus and he says, hey, I want to have eternal life. And he says, okay, uh, you know this. Uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've done that from, 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 the, from when I was a kid. I know all that stuff. And then Jesus says, what does he say next? He says, okay, sell everything you have and, what, and, and come follow me. And what, is the, what does he do? He, he just bows his head and wow. <laughs> he walks away. And then Jesus said this. He said that it is harder for a rich man to what? To enter the kingdom of heaven that a camel go through a needle. I mean, to the eye of a needle. And then he said, the powerful thing he says that but everything is possible with whom? With God, right? Amen? And by the way, in chapter 19, we have a rich man that comes to Jesus. Who's that? Zacchaeus. 
So Jesus proves that, hey, this is a difficult thing, and the context that we're in is difficult. So it's only by the power of God that you and I could really stay focused and realize that we need God. to. We need to make him a center of our lives. We need to depend on him 100%. And his, the commitment that he's looking for in my life, in your life, is more than what you and I are given even today. God wants our best. He deserves our best, and he demands our best. You say amen? Yeah, thanks for saying amen even before I prompt you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Now, okay, now with this context, let's open Malachi, and let's read that again quickly, and then we'll wrap up our time together. But listen to this, Malachi chapter 1, verse 8. Something has been happening also, and kind of the same thing that is going on today in our Christian world today in North America and throughout the world, where the people of God were given to God the things that were left over, the things that were not what he demanded on. And even the priest, and and, in verse 8 he says, but when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you or will he receive you kindly? I mean, think about that. They were supposed to bring the best to Christ because God demands the best. Because the honest truth is he is worth our best. There's nothing less that we could give him. But they were given the things that, yeah, had defects, birth defects and things that were not even suitable for a governor. But God doesn't just call it, he, he, he calls it as he sees it. What does he call it? He calls it, is, isn't this evil? He didn't call it, oh, well, it's just that we have a busy schedule. Or it's just that I have bills to pay. It's just that I forget to do these things. No. As a matter of fact, verse 10, when he realizes that, we, that, that the people of God were giving him the leftovers, the things that he didn't want, I mean, they were bringing to him. And, and, and some people say, well, it's better something than nothing, right? And so we say, oh, it's better that I go to church once a month. It's better that I go to church at least once a year. As people begin again by this season, they begin to come more and more and more to church. And so you see more people coming to church on the Christmas holidays and, 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 and the Easter service too. And people, well, that's better than not going at all. But listen, God gives his reaction, and this is what he says, verse 10. Oh, that there were one among you who will shut the gates that you may not use, uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, said the Lord of hosts. In other words, God said, oh, that someone will have the courage to just shut down the doors of the temple. I don't want your sacrifice. That's not what I've been asking. Someone close the door of the church. And the question comes to us, how many churches will be closed today if someone had the courage to hear God's heart and say, I don't want this half-hearted type of offering of life to me. This is not what I'm asking. Honest truth is this is not what he deserves. This is not what a holy God, a loving God, an all-powerful God deserves. God says it's all or nothing. I don't know about you, but hey, this week has been rough for me as I look at my life and realize that We've come so many times so short of what God's demands and God's expectations of us are. 
Let me ask you a question. How many of us remember the rich young ruler, right? God was asking of him all of it. He was willing to give only a part, but he wanted it all. So he walks away. And the question to us is before you judge him, because we are good at that. We see him walking away. Oh, he walked away. At least I'm not walking away. I'm here, right? <laughs> and I know some of you are ready to walk away. I said, Pastor, is that what I come here for church today to be, you know, I want to come encouraged and inspired. Well, I hope that the Spirit is inspiring you and convicting you of God's call in your life. Because how many of us will leave our families, our jobs, our education, our friends, our familiar surroundings, our homes, if Jesus will ask us to follow him and say, you need to go and do this for me? How many of us are willing to give it all? No explanations. Just follow me. Just this week, <laughs> I've been trying to get in touch with a couple that I haven't seen in a long time. And, and man, I, I, the funny thing is, you know when someone doesn't want to talk to you when they don't return your calls, right? <laughs> but I said, Pastor, you got to keep trying. You know, whenever I remember and whenever the Spirit convicts me, I said, this is the time to call. Finally, I got through and I talked to, to, to the young man. And, and, and then I, you know, he, he answers and, and, he's, and, and I said, hey, listen now. You know, wanted to connect back, and um, yeah, we were wondering uh, uh, why we haven't seen you anymore. You know, it's like you guys all, all of a sudden disappear, and is there something we did? Is something we say? You know, because you always fear that maybe something the pastor said, because people always tell you that, oh, just walked away, never came back. And, 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 and so you know, the answer was, oh, no, 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 don't take it personal. It's just that we are a stage of our lives where um, we're just not there. You know, we, we don't. You know, we're not really looking for church right now anymore. It's like we're at a stage of our lives. We got so many other things going on that, you know, we just got married and we just got this thing going. And so church is really not in the picture. And, and I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, you know, okay. Well, listen, um, blessings to you. But as I hang up, and of course we close the conversation. And, but, but I started thinking, you know, how, how much, how many of us really... Oh, don't have time for the things that God is asking. And, and many, yeah, the choices, the choices that we have, the choice that we have, and listen to this, the choice that we have is the choice between God and what he wants for us and, and our stuff, our life, our plans, the things that we think we need to pursue and be about. And, and this all means different things to all of you, I know. Comparing Comparing to what God is willing to give us among he's waiting to give us, really, we don't know what we're missing. So, the question to us today is, how many of us could honestly say, God, have for me, for my life, whatever you want? And listen to this, and, and what I'm going to say, listen to this next statement, because it really got me thinking this week, and I say, you know, reevaluating everything, my, my, my priorities and and. and and everything that I do and everything that I'm about. Nothing else, nothing else that you do in this life even matters. Unless it is about loving God and loving the people that he has made and, and he puts you in contact with. Everything else you do, whatever you think you're accomplishing, it's not going to last. The truth of the matter is, is that when you and I die, and I mentioned it before, and I love that reality because think about this, 50 years or 60 years from now, nobody will even remember you. That's, that's true. 
Maybe give, give or take 10 years, maybe 70 years after go past. But if you focus your life and, and, and your life was about God and what he wants you to do and what he had in store and in plans for you, then your life will transcend your own story and your own reality and your own family and whatever you think you accomplish, you accomplish so much more than when you thought you could. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, this time, and, and, and as we begin the season, by the way, we want to create this event on the 19th, and we, we put it on Facebook already. Garth is going to be working with, uh, with the choir and with Donna, trying to put some songs to, together. We invite you to be part of this event, which is to outreach to our community and to our friends and family to celebrate what this season should be about, which is the light of Jesus Christ in our lives. Not anything else, not the gifts and everything that goes on, but... What, what it really means, the true light of Christmas. And, and so I invite you to make plans for that, make time for that, and, uh, and, and, and begin to plan to, to share this truth that you know, this light of Christ with the world. And uh, that's all going to happen on the 19th of this, this month, which is a couple of weekends from now in the evening. We'll have a, a special experience. That day is going to be a high Sabbath. By the way, that's when we transfer the, the fellowship dinner was to the 19th. Uh, celebrating the, the season, celebrating the time together. And then in the evening, we have that program that, or that event that we wanted to be about reaching out to others and sharing the true light of Christ. I don't know what you've been thinking this morning. No, I don't know what the reason you came or, and, and what your journey is, what you are, but I know I recognize most of the faces here today. So some of you are, one or two faces might be new, but most of you have been here before. You've heard me share before. And... Um, if, I wonder if, if, if in this time that we had together, God has been convicting you and calling you to a deeper commitment. And this means, again, I realize different for every one of us. So I want to invite you to, um, to stand up and pray with me and asking God to really uh, lead you into this, what he's asking you to do. And, and, and hold on, hold on. Don't, don't be too quick to get up. I mean, you, if you go up, it's fine. <laughs> if, you, if you up, it's fine. <laughs> but but I, want, I, want, I want you to think about this. Uh, don't, don't get up because somebody else is getting up or because whatever reason. You, you need to know that the truth is that God is always wanting more of us than we're willing to give him. And so the question for you is, and, and this is my prayer for you today, that as you get up this morning, you really are asking God, Lord, I know that you want more of me. I know that I've come short, but Lord, I really want that to happen. And, and that you're willing to open your heart and to, to the possibilities of what God will do. And that you might be willing to respond in faith and be able to walk through that and, and just take him at his word. Whatever that means for you. For some of you, maybe even traveling overseas and becoming a missionary. I don't know. For some of you, might be just even focusing and helping, you know, with, with, with the homeless uh, downtown feeding. The Marcia is leading us uh, in. Whatever that is in your life, I really want you to open yourself to the possibility of what God wants to do in your life. And the realization that, yes, is true. He wants more than what we are willing to give sometimes.